Welcome to the podcast of Medora Pentecostal Church. We are a growing community of believers committed to bringing hope and building lives. We pray today's message is a blessing to you. Run to the roar. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. We pray, oh God, for your help and anointing. Lord, let your word become illuminated to us today as we, as we serve, Lord Jesus, your people. I pray, God, that it would be something that would encourage, strengthen, feed, Lord, and just propel us into our purpose today. In Jesus' mighty name. The Lord bless you. You can be seated. <clears throat> Some years ago now, Sister Gill, I believe it was our kids, they were home. We, we went to the Louisville Zoo and uh, walking around the zoo. And most every time you ever come across a lion in a zoo, they're taking a nap. Everybody's saying, get up, get up. They, they sleep about 20 hours a day. 20 hours a day, that's, that's pretty cool, napping throughout the day. <laughs> but on this particular occasion, we had just went by the lion's cage, and we walked just around the corner. And all of a sudden, that lion with its big mane stood upon all of his fours and began to roar. We were some maybe, maybe, I don't know, uh, 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 25 to 30 feet away around the corner. And the hair on the back of my neck stood up. And I wasn't even standing in front of him. But immediately, I knew that there was a cage there. So I, I went around and, and we went and looked. And you could feel his hot breath coming off of his mouth. And it just, it was so loud. It was like a speaker turned up extremely loud. Just, fascinating. Lions are fascinating creatures. They are known as the king of the jungle. The king of the jungle. But they're not the biggest in the jungle. Elephants are bigger. But elephants are not king. They're not the tallest in the jungle. Giraffes are tall. But lions eat giraffes. Not the fastest in the jungle. Cheetahs can run 70 plus miles an hour, but a lion can only do a mere 35. But yet, for some reason, the, the, the lions are considered the king of the jungle. It's interesting that the biggest and the smartest is embodied in the elephant, but it's not the king of the jungle. It's not. Why are lions the king of the jungle? I, I started doing a little bit of research, and, and uh, one thing I found out about lions is that they have no, f no fear of any other animal. They're not afraid of the biggest. They're not afraid of the smartest. They're not afraid of the tallest. They're not afraid of the fastest. Amen. They have no fear. It could be that that roar that comes out of the lion's mouth is so intimidating is that they don't have to worry about anything because they have a roar. They have a way of projecting themselves with courage, with their stance, with their look, with their mane, with their just their paws and their 
claws and their teeth and their roar. So I, 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 I did a little research online studying for this message, and I want to know, how do you survive a lion attack? How do you survive a lion? I want to know if, if I ever encounter a lion outside of a cage. What am I doing? So this is what I read. What do you do when you come face-to-face with a lion should you ever happen to be in the path of a lion while on a walk in a safari in Africa? All right. Number one, you're to check and see if the lion is really interested. Number one thing is that when a lion comes to you, you're to go check and see if he's interested because he might just walk away. What are you supposed to do? Hey, dude, you want lunch? Do I look like lunch to you? Do I look like dinner? What? What? I mean, you're looking in your head and seeing a plate and, and my, me on it. I don't know how you ask a lion if he's interested in you. That's number one. Number two, above all, do not run. Now, I don't know about you, but if I picture this in my head, me standing before a lion, me plus uh, uh, 200 plus none of your business, uh, me standing before a lion, and I'm looking at that lion, and I'm seeing him coming at me, amen, my visual image is not me standing there. It's me running. But, but they tell you if you want to survive a lion attack, don't run. Running around any animal that hunts that is a, a, a predatory animal, will incite that, that, that chase mechanism in them to run after you. So you tell yourself, this is what they say over and over, I will not run, I will not bolt, I will not do it. I will, uh, 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 if I do, the lion will too. I will not run, I will not bolt. I will. That's what you got to say to yourself if you want to survive a lion attack. That's, that's number two. First, you got to ask him, see if he's interested. Number two, you got to make sure that uh, 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 you don't run. Then the third one makes as bad much sense to me as anything else that I, I've read to you thus far. Talk in calm and firm voice to the lion. They said, you can tell it anything. That's all right. How about the weather today? Provide that it's calm and firm. After all, lions don't know a single human language, so it's all down to body and facial signals and a steady voice. That's number three. Number four, try to make yourself appear larger than you really are. Because lions are fairly lazy on the whole, and if you look like a challenge, chances are the lion will treat you as such and be less inclined to attack. Amen. So here's what you do. Raise your hands above your head and keep them there. Pinch your jacket between your raised hands to look like a sail and hopefully look bigger than you really are. Okay? Another thing you do is widen your stance gently. So much as to overbalance, but don't spend too long attempting this. It probably won't work well either. <laughs> this is how to survive a lion attack. I'm not trying to be humorous, I'm just reading what they said. Number five, retreat very slowly backwards. Is this slow enough, or do I get to go this much? 
or do I get to go this much? You know, I'm thinking all these kinds of things. Uh, Brother Lee, I don't know about you, but I have these all kinds of crazy questions. They're not telling me how far, to, but you've got to slowly walk backward, but continue to face the lion as you walk backward because if you turn your back to him, that is a sign your lunch. Maintain eye contact. What is it, bears, they say? Don't maintain eye contact. Or is it dogs? But lions, you're supposed to maintain. I can't keep them straight. This is number five. Number six, get this. Clap, shout, wave your arms. Now, this isn't normal prey behavior, so this will confuse the lion and get the illusion that you are a noisy nuisance and they need to avoid you. Unfortunately, this conflicts with the next pace of advice, which is avoid making sudden movements. So I'm supposed to talk in hushed tones, walking backwards, waving my arms, taking my coat, flapping. They tell you don't make sudden movements, but then now they're telling you wave your arms, clap your hands. Amen. And then they say, number seven, ready yourself for attack. <laughs> I'm not making this up. I got it off of a website that's supposed to be credible. <clears throat> ready yourself for attack. For lions, most of the time, a first and possibly even later charge is only a warning, but not always. So he's coming to me. Does that mean he's attacking or not attacking? I don't know. I don't know if he's interested or not interested. I don't know. Am I supposed to do what? I don't know. If a lion, they said, if a lion charges you, then hold your ground, remain standing, and do not bolt. Clap your hands, wave your arms. No need to worry about any kind of sudden movements now because it's time to defend yourself. But the first thing that they should have started with, they ended with, and that is, if you see a wild lion, do not approach it ever. Number one should have been, if you see a wild lion, do not approach it ever. Stay away from the wild lions. So the message is clear to me. If I'm going to survive, i got to leave lions alone. i got to leave lions alone if I'm going to survive. Amen. Moving to our text, the Bible tells us about David's mighty men. David formed an elite military staff. These mighty men, uh, these champion warriors can be divided into three classifications. The first class with three men that held the highest position of David's mighty men. Amen. The highest was uh, Joshab. The second was Eliezer. The third was Shammah. And they are known as the first class rank of David's mighty men. Then the second class was three more. It was Abishai, the brother of Joab, and Benaniah, the third, was Ashiel. And these were the second rank. So you got two different ranks. Before you get to David's 30 mighty men, you have the first three, the second three, and then you have the 30 that follow of it. So the first first two classification could literally be determined as David's SEAL Team 6. They were elite. They were special. 
We find that these men uh, that composed the ranks of the first and the second class were men of valor. They were men of courage. And they demonstrated in a remarkable manner. You will find in Scripture that this elite group were the kind of men that didn't run from the battle, but really, rather they ran to the battle. These men were brave in their demonstration. Their stories are epic. We have preached from them time and time again. They are historical and miraculous that we find in the word of God. The number one man, I guess this is what you do to be number one in David's army, killed 800 men in one day. 800 men in one day. He defended the ground against 800 men in one day. The second Eleazar fought until the blood congealed the sword to his hand and he just kept on fighting anyway. We will find that Shama is the the, the man that stood his ground in the pea patch and, and he defended the lentil field. Then we come to the second group and among them is Benaniah. I want to focus on him today because he is a dangerous warrior. When you look at Benadiah, his heritage is very impressive. We will find that his father was a priest. He was the leader among priests. And he had rallied 3,700 in the support of David to be crowned in Hebron. So Benaniah has these, these, this connection to the priesthood. Amen. This means that Benaniah was from the tribe of Levite and a descendant of Aaron. And so we see in his, his legacy and his family is that his dad was an effective leader and priest. The Bible tells us uh, that Benaniah's grandfather was a valiant man. Amen. We see this in both Samuel and Chronicles. So when it begins to depict his grandfather, it says that he was a valiant man. He was a mighty man. He was a great warrior. So this is the heritage that Benaniah has. His dad was a priest and his grandfather was a great warrior. I want to tell you though that there's sometimes you will find that legacy continues from one generation to a next. But if we're not careful, we begin to think about those that come before us and we say, how do we measure up? How am I going to measure up to my dad? How am I going to measure up to my grandfather? How am I going to measure up to sister so-and-so that used to be a prayer warrior in this church? How am I going to measure up to this preacher or that preacher? How am I going to measure up to that saint or this saint? I want to tell you, if you want to measure up, you got to go get your own resume. you got to go write your own story. you got to get your own life, your own testimony, your own prayer, your own passion, your own direction. Your heritage doesn't have to limit you. It ought to encourage you. We study the life of Benaniah. We will find that he slew, the Bible says, two lion-like men. In the recording of Samuel, it gave him a name. And that name, uh, A-E-L, means lion-like. So Benaniah says, I know what, my dad's a preacher and my grandfather's a warrior. I can't sit here and rest on their past. I can't rest on what they did, so I'm going to go find me something to have a resume. And he goes and he finds him two guys. He doesn't pick two wimps. He doesn't pick two easy targets. He finds two men that were called lion-like. 
I want the biggest, baddest dudes in Moab. I'm going after them. Why? Because I want to have a resume. I'm not going to sit back here and wait on daddy's resume. I'm not going to wait on granddad's resume. I'm not going to wait on what we did last year. I'm not waiting on what happened 20 years ago. I'm not waiting on the revival that happened in my parents' day and in my grandparents' day. I want to go get my own. I'm not looking for some quick fix. I'm not looking for a resume that's padded. Don't just give me a job. Don't just give me a ministry. Don't just hand it to me. I'm going to go and make my own resume. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you want revival handed to you, it's not coming. But if you're willing to have the spirit of Benaniah that says, I'll go find the two baddest dudes of Moab and take care of them. It's almost like the Bible doesn't tell us why. Brother Bingham, the Bible doesn't tell us why. What's going on? We don't have any reason why. I want to tell you, I, th- I tend to think it's because he wanted to be able to say when they said, what you doing? Your dad's a priest. And your father, your grandfather is a mighty man. What have you done, Benaniah? Well, can I just tell you, the other day I just took a trip down to Moab and I took care of two guys that were lying like guys. I took care of them and got them out of the way. Oh, praise the Lord. In the ministry, I've been blessed to deal with preachers and leaders and and guys that say, why don't I get to preach conference? Why nobody ever asked me to preach a camp meeting? Why? Well, have you taught a Bible study in your home church on your own? <sighs> have you? Have you? Have you? Have you brought somebody to church? I I, I want to preach camp. I want to preach this, and I want to do that. Well. <sighs> Have you gone and found two blind-like guys on your own? Have you gone out and found somebody? You know, this is what I'm preaching about today. You can either sit back and say, it's got to be handed to me, or you can say, today I'm running to the roar. Today I'm taking my own challenge. Today I'm not waiting on what dad did and what granddad did. I'm running on my own. I got to make my own resume. The Bible says that he killed these two lion-like men of Moab. Then you will look that he also went and took on this Egyptian giant. He slew an Egyptian giant, a man of great stature, who was somewhere between seven and eight feet tall. He's like Goliath, and he has, all he has is a spear. That's like a weaver's beam. That means that's huge. He's, got, he's carrying around a log. With a point on the end of it. And here comes Benaniah that walks up to him with a stick. Do you get the picture in your mind? He walks up to an eight foot tall giant and says, I'm after you, bud. I'm sure the giant laughed at him. 
But somehow there was something inside of Benadiah that looked at him and took away his, his own weapon and killed him with his own weapon. What are you doing, Benadiah? What is happening? I can't rest on daddy. I can't rest on grandfather. I'm writing my own resume. I'm writing my own way. Hallelujah. I refuse to just simply rest on what my legacy or my heritage was. I want to make my own resume. When the Lord starts looking for somebody to go stand in the gap and make up the hedge, who's he looking for? He's not looking for somebody that can hardly make it to church, hardly get by, barely make it. Oh, they might make it to heaven, but what is he looking for? He's looking for a Benadiah that says, I'll make my resume. I'll go do something. I'll go make something. I'll go kill something. I'll pray. I'll do whatever I've got to do. The story in the middle is perhaps the most remarkable to me. It is uncommon in Palestine for it to snow. Uncommon. I can see Benadiah as a boy hearing about white stuff that falls, hearing about snow that comes down. Every now and then we get a snow. I would love to have some snow. I want some snow. So as he becomes an adult, perhaps, the Bible again doesn't give us any background to this story, so I get to fill it in because I'm preaching it. I've heard and read, you know, one Bible commentator said maybe he went to stay in this, this den, he went to stay in this pit because of the weather. I don't think so. Any dude that goes after two lion-like men on his own and goes and kills a giant on his own is that I believe he was hunting the lion. Could it have been that this lion had taken down some people, killed some people in a village somewhere close by? And when they go looking for it, who are they going to go find? They're looking for somebody that's got a resume that can deal with the lion. And so Benaniah shows up, whatever he has in hand, maybe a spear, a sword, and a dagger, and a, I don't know, but he shows up in hand, and he comes saying, where is this lion? Well, he's been up and hiding up in those hills over there. And so he starts walking towards the hills, and when he gets to the lion, he begins to, to sense that that lion's close by, and all of a sudden, this lion, this man-eating beast, begins to roar. Most common people would say, a saranara, See you later. Adios. I'm out of here. I'm running away from it. But there's something in the spirit of Benaniah that ran towards the roar that decided I'm going to go take care. Not only does he run after the, the lion, but he runs until he chases him in the pit. Most of us would have hollered and hooped and hooped. Look at that. He's in the pit. He's not getting out. He's going to be in there. But no, Benaniah jumps jumps into the pit with the lion on a snowy day. Hallelujah. He's saying, listen, it's never snowed before but I don't care. I'm taking care of this. I've never been in this position before but I don't care. I'm taking care of this. Some of you have never faced what you've faced. You never knew that you were going to go through what you were going to go through. You never knew the trial that was coming your way but you got to have a mentality that says I'm not satisfied with it being in a pit. I'm getting down there with him and I'm going to take care of the lion going to run run to the roar 
somewhere, if you sit Obadiah down, you would not be finding a guy that's just crazy. You wouldn't be finding a guy that is just off his rocker, one of those foaming at the mouth military types. Because when he gets through with this, you will find that when David begins looking for his lead bodyguard, one, two, three, four, number five, any guy that will jump in a pit and kill a lion on a snowy day, I think is going to take care of me. Any guy that can go hunt two lion-like Moabites and do them in. Any guy that can go after an Egyptian giant and do them in. I kind of like his resume. So when he got out of the pit, when he dealt with the lion, when he dealt with the roar, you know what? He got the reward. The reward was to be David's bodyguard. But that's not the end of his story. For after David died, do you know who Solomon made his number one general in his army? Benaniah became the number one general in the army of Solomon. Why? Because somewhere back in his day he said this is my moment. This is my hour. I'm going to seize it. I will go after it. You will either run from the roar or you'll run to the roar. You'll either run to your destiny or you'll run from your destiny. I want to encourage you today to pick up your sword, pick up your spear, and say, I'm not running from what God wants me to do. If your future doesn't scare you a little bit, if your dream and vision for you and your family doesn't scare you a little bit, if your vision for your ministry doesn't scare you a little bit, amen, you're not running to roar, you're running to to relief. It is time to pick up our spirit and say today I'm running I'm running I'm running to the roar. Come on. We're talking about lines that can weigh 500 pounds, can run 35 miles an hour and here's a dude without a gun chasing him. I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. I, I, I get it. No, I don't. No, 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 I don't. Huh? We got several guys in our church that are volunteer firemen. We have uh, Brother Austin is, is a full-time fireman. And you guys run to the fire. That makes absolutely no sense to me. I'm going to run from the fire. Brother LeBannon has served in the Marines. You know what Marines do? They run to the fight. You know why they have the, you ever seen, and if I'm wrong, you can correct me later. You ever seen on their, on their, on their arms where they got the flag? It looks like it's backwards, but it is not because the impression is we're going that way. We're moving this way. We're going this way. Hallelujah. MPC, it is time that we realize you and I have enough Holy Ghost to do whatever the Lord wants us to do. We've got the name of Jesus to do whatever God wants us to do. And we must not run from the challenge. We must run to the challenge. We don't run from the fight. We run to the fight. 
Now, I'm not just trying to excite you. But if I can, I will. The fact of the matter is, no matter what happened last year, this year is going to present new challenges to you. It's going to present new challenges to us. We can either sit back and say, I heard about a lion. We like the sloth. And Proverbs, it says, the slothful man says, there's a lion without, I'll stay inside. There's a lion in the street, so I'll stay inside. Or we can say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now we, we talk about that, and that's an exciting, but he was stoned. He was whipped. He was beaten. He was left for dead. He was shipwrecked. He had to deal with a bunch of crazy church people. He had to deal with a bunch of crazy Jews. He had to deal with the crazy Romans. Amen. But yet, in the midst of all that, uh, I, I can see him, as, as Brother Lewis Hare used to preach, a, he preached such a beautiful message years and years ago about Paul crawling out from under the rocks after being stoned and standing upon the rock, bloody and, and dirty, and stands upon the rock and says, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I want to tell you, if you're going to get in a pit with a lion on a snowy day, you're going to get dirty. You're going to get wet. You're going to get bloody. You're going to have to deal with something. Amen. But do it with intention. This year, are you going to be running to the roar or running away from the roar? Are you going to be living by faith and chase lions? Are you going to be living by fear and hiding out? The challenge is before you today. Let us be like the psalmist that says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Roar on. Roar on. When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat my flesh... They stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after. You see, what we've got to understand, as Benaniah did, is that his passion was for his future. His future, whether he realized it or not, was to be the number one general in all of Israel. That was his future. He didn't know that that would probably ever be. But what he knew is that if I'm going to my future, before I can ever do what my future is, I got to take care of this right here in front of me. Oh, Lord, I want this. Oh, Lord, I want to see that. Oh, God, I want, I want to be able. Oh, Lord, I'm going to preach to hundreds. I'm going to baptize thousands. Amen. How, 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 how about one? Well, what about, about, what about one? What about, how about being disciplined in prayer? I'm preaching to me right now. Y'all can shut up if you want to. How about being disciplined in your daily life? How about picking one thing, one thing this year, hallelujah, and say this year, I'm going to do something every, every day. I'll make my bed every day. The reason some of you can't kill lions is because you can't make your bed every day. 
I'm preaching to you. I'm preaching to you. I'm going to get up. I'm going to make my bed every day. I tell you what I'll do. I'll make sure I brush my teeth every day. I'm going to find one thing. I am more disciplined than the devil wants me to feel. I am more victorious than the devil wants me to feel. Hallelujah. I'm going to seek the Lord with all my heart because I am getting a resume. You want to be used by God in this hour? You got to be willing to run to the roar. I said, if you're going to be used by God in this hour, you're really going to have to be willing to run to the roar. Bishop stood up here just a few minutes ago. It's his birthday, and we gave him honor. I'm going to tell you what, you can look at that and say, I'll never be bishop. But when he started, he wasn't bishop, he was known as Sonny, right? Sonny, but how do you become bishop? By deciding every day. I'm running to the war every day. I'm going to get up. I'll do the little things. I'll take care of the little things. I'll take care of my business. I'll take care of my finances. I'll take care of my life. I'll decide that I'm going to make sure I'm going to do good in school because I want to make, when my time comes, I don't know. I might be general. I might be captain. But now I'm taking care of the giant and I'm taking care of the lion right here, right now. Hallelujah. I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost today, one of you, some of you, the most spiritual thing you could do is get up and make your bed every day and tell the devil, I got this. I got this. I got this. He wants me to feel like I'm not disciplined. He wants me to feel like I can't do it. But every day I get up and I say, lion, amen, that's going to go away because I'm walking every day. Every day to my purpose every day to my destiny every day praise be to God praise be to God nothing will happen in your life hear me young folks nothing will happen in your life if you don't discipline yourself. Success is determined by diligent discipline. Oh, I know that's a rough word. <sighs> Gotta make the bed. Gotta floss. Gotta comb my hair. Gotta shave. Need to wash the car. Oh, I'm preaching. I am preaching. I am preaching. I am preaching. This is Holy Ghost preaching right now. I gotta be faithful to work. Show up on time. Every day, mm, do my homework every day. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. If you had a Benaniah's mentality, it would look nothing like anything but a little little chump to you. You can whip it. You can defeat it. Amen. You got a problem with this spirit coming against you and that spirit coming up against you. Do what you're making your bed in the morning. Why don't you say in the name of Jesus, I am victorious. Pray a little bit while you... Y'all y'all hearing me today? You hearing what I'm saying? Let's run to the roar. The psalmist continued and he said, Though hosts should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise up against me, in this will I be confident. Then he said one thing. 
have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after. Do you know how powerful that is? What the psalmist is saying? The enemy's coming against me. Everything's crashing in on me. Everything's happening to me. Everything's, look at my world, it's crazy. One thing. I'll focus on one thing. I'll focus on one thing. I'll take care of one thing. I may not be able to improve in five things this year, but I'm going to improve in one thing. I'm not, I, I, I can't kill five lions, but I'll kill one. Because if I can kill one, I'll get two. Then I'll get three. David went and got five stones. You can say whatever you want. It was, in my opinion, I don't think it represented the, 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 the grace. I don't think it represented Jesus. I don't think, I mean, I, I think it represented the fact that if he missed, he had extra ammunition. How, how profound and deep is that? If you don't hit your target, you reload. I'm preaching to some of you adults today too. And y'all, y'all, y'all can, y'all, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Lord have mercy. One thing have I desired of the Lord and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle. Shall he hide me? He shall set me upon a rock and now shall my head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. Therefore, I will offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Your temper will never be defeated until you run to the roar. Your lust that you're battling with will never be defeated until you run to the roar. Your temptation problem with money will never end until you run to the roar and meet the devil head on. Stand with me, please. Which way are you running today? Jolie, which way are you running? Which way? To the roar. You're just hoping I don't ask you. This is not, not, that's not a trick question, buddy. Which way are you running? To the roar. To the roar. To the challenge. To the challenge set before me. To the challenge of my future. Ben and I had no clue that one day he'd be the highest military leader in all of Israel. Until he got him a resume, until he was willing to take care of some things, then he fulfilled a lower position. Faithfully. Faithfully. This is what it means to run to the roar. Take care of what is before you. Live in the today. Don't idolize the past and don't speculate about tomorrow. Live in the day. It's a snowy day. Take care of it. Don't worry about it. It's a rainy day. Oh, take care of it. It's okay. Amen. It's, it's adversity all around me. Take care of it. It's going to be okay. Is there anybody ready to run to the roar? Will you come to the front right now? Amen. Will you pick something that you'll choose to be your lion? Whatever it is that you're battling that's keeping you from your destiny. You're just needing a resume or you're just needing 
victory. You want a better job in the kingdom? Amen. You got to kill the lion. You want to be used mighty in the kingdom? You better kill the lion in your life. Amen. You want to go future into the future with God? Don't wait for somebody to come and hand you a job, hand you a position, hand you a work. You go dig it out. Let your gift make room for itself. Kill the giant today. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for giant killers. I thank you, Lord, for lion killers in this place. Giant chasers and lion chasers that are in the house. I thank you, Lord, for those that have the mentality, I'm not going to run from the challenge. I'm running to the challenge. I'm not going to run from the test. I'm running to the test. I'm going to be victorious. Hallelujah. The Bible says that the devil, our adversary, goes about as a roar. Lion, seeking whom he may devour. How about devil? I read in my Bible that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. I read in my Bible, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I read in my Bible, I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. I read in my Bible, I am an overcomer. I am victorious. Hallelujah. Who shall separate me from the love of Christ? Oh no, in all these things I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious. I'll kill a little, a little problem because the Lord's about to step me into a, a bigger problem solver in the name of Jesus. Thank you for joining us today. We pray you have been encouraged. If you would like more information about Medora Pentecostal Church, you can check out our website at www.medorachurch.com.